This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. And I'm Lawson Walters, and sitting right beside me is Gemma Chapman. And right now we have our Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma's just looking at me in shock What? What do you mean, what? Why are you listening to the news? She was Tracy Weir <laughs> uh, That's actually, I have a pretty funny story One time, so when I was, when I was younger in my, in my motorbike racing days um, I went to basically an awards night For the state, champ, state of New South Wales motorcycling mm-hmm. uh, Because I would got second in the state that year and so it was this big awards night at the, down at the the Sydney Panthers, like oh sorry the Pen, Penrith Panthers, Panthers Club, um, and it's this like huge like black tie formal formal dinner thing where they do awards. And the person the person presenting it was the great uh, Kenny Sutcliffe, which is like one of the greatest sportscasters in in Australian TV history. And um, he's standing up the front and you know presenting all the awards and 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 whatnot. And uh, I got called up there because it was you know it came to to my category for the state, and I was like, oh, second place, Lawson Walters. And I get up there and I get on the podium. I'm like, thanks, Kenny. Like, so, like I'm on the news. <laughs> oh man, it was the best. It was so funny. But uh, <laughs> enough from my life. We have now come into our time of encounter with god before we do we're going to get into a a what creature am i we've been going through these actually give us a recap a little recap of the clues we've been through so far mini recap okay daniel had a vision Uh uh-huh and one of the beasts in this vision is the creature okay um and then there was another clue about amos and the days of the lord and then there was another clue about Isaiah and when the day will come, the wolf will lie down with the lamb and the cow will feed with this creature. And our new clue, mm-hmm. which is David killed this creature and the lion with his Ooh. bare hands. So we know that it's not a lion because David killed this creature and the lion with his bare hands. With his hands. Yes. Oh, man, what a guy. All right, so that means that, oh, look, look at that. We have something to give away. Woohoo. And that is the breakfast book. Awesome. So this literally just got put down in front of me. I'm going to have a look at it now real quick. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, nice. This is a cool book. I'm interested. <laughs> so so what's, it, what's it about? What's the breakfast book about? Here at Last is a book that highlights the vital role <laughs> breakfast plays in your health and well-being. Amen. Lawson, I'm going to be honest. I haven't had breakfast this morning, so maybe I do need this book. <laughs> oh, I, this is the first time. So I, get, I just cop it. From everyone, from Lyle, from from Shell, from just everyone, because I don't eat <laughs> breakfast. Everyone's like, you're so unhealthy. I ate a banana this morning. Well, now so. would be a bad time for me to confess that I don't ever eat breakfast Yeah, either. yeah, I never eat breakfast, but I ate a banana this morning. Well so done. I'm like, I'm killing it, man. I'm, I'm living my best life. I'm, I'm following the advice of the breakfast book. And if you want to as well, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you'll get this uh, book completely for Free, but let's uh, let's continue on into our Bible study for today. Our Bible study. Woo. You know what? Have you been following the twenty million movement, Gemma? Like our our, our Sabbath school studies? No, no, you haven't. I have not. So this quarter, the twenty million movement is on Ezra and Nehemiah. 
cool. Um, which is really cool. These are two guys, are, of course, existing in the period of history around the uh, time where you know uh, Israel had been exiled to Babylon, then Medo-Persia came into power, and through these two men... Um, Israel, uh, you know, and specifically, you know, the Jews um, were able to go back to Jerusalem and and rebuild the city and rebuild the temple. We see how through Israel, uh, through Ezra, and his you know political maneuverings and whatnot, how that he you know got the decree from Artaxerxes that he can go back. And then we see with Nehemiah, um, he was the guy who actually went back and built the wall, uh, rebuilt the wall. And so we've been reading through chapter one. Um, uh, we we came to the conclusion of chapter one, and the, basically the summary there is uh, Nehemiah. His brother comes and tells him about like the dire kind of state of affairs <laughs> the dire state of affairs that's <laughs> currently happening in um in in Jerusalem you know the wall being destroyed and the gates being destroyed and burnt down and you know he hears that and his reaction to that is just a deep sorrow and deep sadness and so then he prays an amazing prayer after that um, basically backing God into a corner of like God you say that you're merciful God you say that you're good we've been unfaithful but basically because of what you said about yourself you have to let us rebuild the city it's a very, you know, we've been noting over the last couple of days, it's a very, it was a very Daniel-esque prayer. They're yeah. like, you know, Daniel, he prays, um, oh, you know, God, because he gets given the 2300-year prophecy, and he's like, oh, but what about the rebuilding of Jerusalem? What about all this stuff? You know, the Messiah won't come unless unless we rebuild Jerusalem. So, so God, like, if you don't do this, you'll look bad. And Nehemiah kind of pulls a similar thing. He's like, God, if, if you don't come, if you don't fix this situation, you'll look bad. Um, and so, you know... Um, essentially what happens from there is he's praying and fasting, praying and fasting. And then he goes before King Artaxerxes and King Artaxerxes has, Nehemiah was his cupbearer, one of the most trusted people in the entire empire as, as the, uh, as the cupbearer is. And uh, we, we finished yesterday with a conversation with Nehemiah and King Artaxerxes were having. Um, if you want to read for us, Gemma, um, in the Bible, we're, we're just going to sort of do a quick recap of what we went over yesterday and then continue into um, the results of, of, you know, the conversation between Nehemiah and between King Artaxerxes. So we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 2. Gonna be hanging out in Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter two today, and um, if Gemma, if you could just read um, for us, yeah, let's go from like verse one to verse six. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had been. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore, the king said to me, Why is your face sad? Since you are not sick, there is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, How long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Mm, man, that was some, that was some 
uh, ebook stuff right there. You you eat like like a oh, what's what's the word for it? like a like an audio book? Man, that was that was that was a good that was a decent reading. I, I, I'm giving that a, a solid Look, a solid ten. Right I struggled. There. King Art Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. All right. Yeah. All right. I got it. So basically, what's happening here is they have a bit of a conversation with which which results in Nehemiah being a, allowed to go back and to to rebuild Jerusalem. You know this this situation that they're in that's like deeply saddened him. We noted yesterday about how um, like because it says here that he's like afraid mm. that he prays to God. He's like in this kind of like really gnarly state about it because he's so saddened. But then when Artaxerxes is like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh snap! Like this is heavy. This is." really difficult um and he's he and he's afraid um and that's because it was artaxerxes who actually so artaxerxes made the decree to go and rebuild jerusalem and then subsequently thwarted the decree Mm. and then finally let nehemiah go back and that happened because there was just a bunch of enemies at that time of jerusalem of judah who, who didn't want to see the rebuilding of the city and they were kind of advising the king at that time they're like oh if you let them go and rebuild the city well then that's going to be just a hub for the nations who hate you and they're going to ally with egypt and then they're just going to work to smash you um whereas we see very clearly here as a result of prayer and just decency and trustworthiness you know Artaxerxes can see um the struggle that nehemiah is having um you know with the fact that Jerusalem is just in ruins and you know he so he submits his request he's like look lord uh look, sorry look Artaxerxes like this is what needs to happen this is what I'm sad about and Artaxerxes just being you know deeply moved by what he's seen from Nehemiah the trustworthiness has been you know his cupbearer um you know and the sadness that he has he's like all right you can you can go and do it and so I uh, man Nehemiah, he would just be cheering at that point. And we actually kind of see that uh, a little bit, you know, implicated in the next couple of verses uh, of how, you know, it, it started with, oh, let me go back and rebuild the wall. And then when Artaxerxes is like, oh, yeah, okay, you can you can do that. Then he starts uh, making a few more petitions of the king. Can you read verses 7 and 8 for us? I can. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they may permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he might give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel. Which You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Oh, just got cut off by the little break. Can continue reading. Actually, start from the start of verse 8 and just continue reading. And that, that guy's name's Asaph, by the way. Thank you. That struggle, <laughs> the words. Oh. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Mm, so basically, he's like once once Nehemiah's in, he's like, all right, let's 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 do this right. Mm. And he makes a few requests to the king. Hey, um, give me uh, letters from uh, for the for the kings and the governors, so that I have you know safe passage, and that they permit me to be there to be re, you know rebuild the rebuild the city. Also, you know, we need a large amount of timber to 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 help you know rebuild the the citadel and the temple and whatnot. Um. And, yeah, he just makes his point, like, yep, like, 
you know, this is this is what we need to do. This is how it needs to go. But then he closes that that conversation with like, you know, and you know, according to the good hand of my God upon me. He, mm. I think Nehemiah. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but we see the real, I guess, recognition or the real highlighting of this is that Nehemiah knew he must have known that he was being used by God in that respect um, as a part of prophecy. Essentially, uh, we see that Daniel, as we talked about earlier, when he has that amazing prayer where he uh, backs God into a corner, he's praying for the purpose um, that, you know, oh, Jerusalem needs to be rebuilt so the Messiah can come. And then we receive, you know, one of the greatest prophecies in all the scripture, the, the, 70, the 70 weeks prophecy, the 490 year prophecy about the rebuilding of the, the city, which will lead to the Messiah eventually coming. Um, Nehemiah right now, can see he's like like he, he starts to understand as he's you know being allowed by Artaxerxes to go back and rebuild the temple he's like oh man like that thing that was prophesied in Daniel which we can very safely assume Nehemiah would have had access to as a you know a, a highly influential person person in the in the kingdom of Medo-Persia as was Daniel you know um, 100 years before Daniel was like you know he was a, a very much a high up in terms of he was the prime minister of Medo-Persia writing the book of Daniel and and distributing literature in in you know specifically biblical you know scripture in in the kingdom we can easily assume that Nehemiah would have been uh, very familiar with Daniel and not only that but his writings and his works and he probably would have seen that and he recognizes here God is working in this situation the hand of my God is upon me and I am the answer like to this prophecy um that 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 we see in Daniel chapter nine. You know, the text doesn't directly say that. Maybe that is a little bit of uh, you know what 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 we called sanctified imagination. <laughs> but it would be good to think so. I think that's you know I, I can just see here when 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 uh, Nehemiah says those words, the hand of my my God is upon me. Like I just see really clearly that oh man, he knows what's up. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then eventually uh, he he begins his journey. Uh, and we're going to be reading that in verses 9 and 10. So, Gemma, could you read verse 9 and 10 for me? Oh, uh, okay, that's... Actually, no, I'll read it. Actually, because I think I have a different translation to you. And it's... Okay, let's, let's read it. It says, in verse 9, it says, Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with him. So he's getting like a full-on army escort, like a military escort right now. Um, when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tob- Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, the Ammonite official, heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Oh, so there's a little bit of contention immediately. We, we see that here. This is like all, already... Um, that that like Nehemiah rocks up with a military escort directly from you know the emperor from Artaxerxes you know the king and they're like yeah let's get this done let's rebuild this wall uh, let's let's make this happen and we see here that you know Sambalat Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite people who would be very much uh, opposed to the Jews as you know they they weren't Jewish they were you know just two officials of the empire mm. living in that region overseeing that region. Um, beyond the river jordan like they're like oh deeply disturbed deeply disturbed um i guess they just they just were were not 
um, keen. They were just like super, super, super not keen to let this guy in. Um, obviously, you know, at this time, we, we can actually, again, make the, make the uh, I guess, the sanctified assumption that these would have been some of the people who were pushing against the rebuilding of Jerusalem when, the, when that sort of topic came up, when Artaxerxes made that decree. They, these would have been some of the people who were saying, like, oh, no, like, Artaxerxes, you shouldn't do this. It's, you know, the Jews are rebellious. And obviously, like, the Jewish nation had a history of rebellion. They had a history of warring against nations that were much bigger than themselves and, and, and whatnot. And so, like, you could imagine that there would have been, like, some pushback against the idea of Jerusalem being allowed to be anything more than a desolate city where... You know the the remnant this this tiny group of Jews live that have no power to do anything or influence anyone. Now that they're seeing the rebuilding of it, they're like, ooh, uh, not uh, not good. They're deeply they're deeply disturbed. Um, and that I think that deep disturbed like that deep disturbing just comes from the fact that they're just. They're just lame. They're just lame, guys. They're just like, <laughs> oh, like, we're scared. Like, you know, we don't want to see good things happen. I don't know. Like, it, it doesn't really get to anything in the text um, specifically. I, I guess they're just, they're just scared. They're just, like, scared. They're like, oh, we don't want to see good things happen. And that's something so interesting that we see in our world today. You know, specifically in relationship to people's spiritual journeys, mm. right? You, yourself, Gemma, and I think uh, me as well, like, and pretty much everyone who is a Christian, they've been on a spiritual journey. Mm. And for some people, that looks different. You know, for some people, um, they have that experience of, like, growing up in, in a Christian family, um, being a part of that faith for their whole life, you know, um, you know, coming into, you know, there's kinds of people who are, like, married when they're 20 because they're just, like, killing it in life and, 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 and whatnot. Whereas, you know, then you have those uh, stories where people have come into the Christian faith completely from the outside against all odds kind of stories where where god has really saved them from a heavy situation and then you know if those are i guess two ends of the scale you kind of have everything in between but it's so interesting when people who you would think would have your best interest at heart you start to make decisions for god Mm. you start to come closer to him and they start to like push back against that you know, like making decisions like, oh, hey, you know, because like, oh, I want to become, I want to become a Christian and people are like, oh, that's, that's heavy. Mm. You know, that's gnarly. And then it's like, oh, because I'm a Christian, you know, I, I know, I no longer, I don't want to drink anymore because I know how, you know, terribly that affects me. It, you know, it's something that I'm really sure I don't want to smoke anymore because, you know, that's going to make me healthier. I, I you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to believe in certain things or subscribe to certain things or be a part of certain things that I can see are particularly hurtful to people. I don't want to be a liar, you know. Um, I, I don't want to be an adulterer. And there's like negative, people have negative pushback against that. As they're like, oh, not like, like, oh, you know, and, and usually that's that comes from a perspective of they kind of feel judged. You know, they're like, oh, these, these people making these positive um, changes in their life or I'm in a place where I just love sin and I just want to keep sinning. Like, it's just interesting. We see a, a kind of practical application of that in that in this story, like you know, um, of of a bunch of people who are witnessing something good happen. They're witnessing the rebuilding of Jerusalem. They're, they're rip, r- witnessing a restoration of the homeland, homeland of a of a needy people. They're witnessing, interesting enough, the restoration of a homeland of people who have been in, extremely beneficial to the kingdom. Nehemiah, Daniel. 
uh, Queen Esther, all these amazing people um, who have done so much for the empire. Finally, their homeland's being restored. And people are pushing back against that. Like, mm. oh, no, this is a bad thing. Like, this isn't good. Um, it's just incredibly interesting, the, the adverse effects that people have to good things. To good things. It's like, come on, this is amazing. Well, well, what's your problem here? Like, why why are you so against it? This is amazing. And again, like as I was saying, that I think that is just so relatable to our lives and the pressures that come from the people around us, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, we're going to continue on with our show right now. Uh, we're going to get into the last part of our encounter with God Bible study right after this. This is the Lower Lights with The Christian Life. I like the Christian life. My buddies tell me that I should have waited. They say I'm missing whole world of fun But I am happy And I sing with pride I like the Christian life I won't lose a friend By heeding God's call to Faith FM. We are continuing on uh, with our show this morning, but we need another clue for the quiz. <gasps> we do. We need another clue for the quiz, and we need you guys to ring up and win this book, please. Like, we love you. You're amazing. Give us another clue for the quiz, and then we'll tell them how they can get in contact with us. Okay. When Elijah cured some youths who were mocking him, two of these creatures came out of the woods and mauled 42 of that them. That is the most hectic story ever in the Bible. It is a pretty good one, hey. I, I like read it recently and it's <laughs> and when it's in the in the new in the new in the more newer translations, they're basically ripping on him for being bald. 
They're like, "Hey, Baldy," and then he, and then he's like, you know, uh, uh, Elisha's like, just basically makes does the equivalent of being like, uh, "Meh," like you guys are lame. And then this this bear comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, "That's hectic." But um, yeah, continuing on, continuing on with our Bible study this morning. <laughs> If you guys were listening and paying attention, no, they weren't listening. Were, they weren't. Lawson may have just given the clue no, away. No, I didn't. He got really into the story, and if you were listening and paying attention, Lawson may have just given the clue away. So if you heard it, and if you think you know what the answer is, which we've Lawson been through may every have single said, clue. So then look, we have not. There was still one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you can win this prize. Look, I'm Lawson. just, I just, I just love the people. I just want them to win. That's what it was. My you gave them the answer. I know. My subconscious. Remember what I said over. earlier that I had faith in them that they could do this. Yeah, you gave them the answer. I, I that's that's how much faith I had in them. <laughs> Clearly not enough. This is this is it's 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 not it's not you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into the last part of our Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and let's let's read now. So basically, um. He's on his way. Nehemiah is on his way to Jerusalem. He ha- he is received with uh, disturbance from the you know the, from Sanballat and from Tobiah. Um, but let's see. You know, let's read now about when he actually enters Jerusalem. All right. So verse eleven. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night. I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. Mm, this is like, this is a really interesting scene. And it, and it makes my mind immediately go to like some kind of like post-apocalyptic kind of scene. You know, I, I, there's, a, there's like a classic movie, classic as in like from, you know, the year 2000 um, um, called 28 Days Later starring C- Cillian Murphy. And it's like this zombie movie. And there's this just incredible scene at the start where like he... Um, He's like, you know, walking through uh, London and there's like a zombie outbreak that's happened and he's been in a coma for like 28 days and he's woken up after this coma. Into a zombie apocalypse. Into a zombie. But it's like at this time, I think the zombies can't go out in the day or something. We're not going to talk about this for too much. But basically (laughs) he's walking through, he's walking through the city. Um, of of London and everything is just kind of desolate and there's like buses flipped over and there's like you know everything is just kind of destroyed and no one's around and it's just like he's like having this super eerie moment especially because he's just been in a coma for 28 days and he doesn't know what's going on but it's like a similar thing here with 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 Nehemiah he goes to you know while no one's there he goes to sort of view the city and the desolation um, of it and the destruction of it and he's he's I could imagine that kind of eerie scene that he's going through, you know, that eerie experience of like everything just being destroyed. Um, you know, maybe on the back of the fact that 
like he would have again had some kind of access to the scriptures as someone who was so high up and influential in the kingdom of Medo Persia, reading about you know the the serpent gate, reading about you know the the king's pool and and Solomon's palace and the beauty of it and 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 how amazing you know God was in those um, in those circumstances you know how amazing the city of Jerusalem was how it was you know the crown jewel of God's people and he's walking around and he's it's sort of this eerie feeling of you see that like oh yeah it was amazing but it's like not it's destroyed it's desolate everything that was good is like just just wrecked um but then on top of that i guess the the sort of because it says he tells no one why he's there but he's sort of got that those thoughts ringing in his mind it's like i'm here to clean this up god has sent me you know my god i love how you mentioned that you know he always references god as as my god um He's like, my God, you know, I'm here to to do His work, to to um to to to, to get this city rebuilt, to be a blessing to the world. Um, he he recognizes like that. Yeah, we're called to be a blessing in the world. We're called to, you know, to. It's interesting in chapter one when when Nehemiah prays this prayer. He uses very covenantal languages, and he brings up the covenant a number of times. That whole thing of, you know. Um, land and ascendance, and upon receiving that, you know, once uh, the Israelite nation receives land and ascendance, uh, through them they'll become a blessing to the rest of the world. It's like he's looking at what the blessings were at the moment, you know, what that what that had led to through the unfaithfulness of, uh, you know, of the people, and it's like God's blessings just being completely destroyed. But let's read, let's read just a couple more verses to finish finish off our study today. And I've got a little quote here um, we can read as well. So, yeah, read 17 and 18. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Mm, so we just see here they're like keen. They're like, yeah. Well, upon viewing the destruction of the city, they're like, we have been blessed by God to come back and rebuild his holy city. Mm. Like we are, like we have a mission. We have a purpose. Um, let's just read verse 19 quickly to see the reaction to that. That, uh, that uh, yeah. But then Shan... Sanballat. Thank you. Lawson, the words help. <laughs> Sanballat, the the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, the official Gresham, the Arab heard of it, and Gresham, the Arab heard of it. Um, they laughed at us and despised us, and they said, "What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king?" So basically, they're like immediately, like you know, they've they've been so inspired to like rebuild the city, and immediately they're met with adversary from you know the higher ups in the kingdom, from the uh, from the representatives, um, you know, from the high officials in this area. And it's interesting. I, ha- I have a quote here from from uh, a book called Prophets and Kings. It says this: It says Nehemiah's arrival in Jerusalem, um, however, with a military escort showing that he had come on some important mission, excited the jealousy of the heathen tribes living near the city, who had so often indulged their enmity against the Jews by heaping upon them injury and insult. Foremost in this evil work were certain chiefs of these scribes, Sanballat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite, and Gresham, the Arabian. From the first 
uh, from the first, these leaders watched with critical eyes the movements of Nehemiah and endeavored by any means um, in their power to thwart his plans and hinder his work. So basically, like, you know, an evil work. We see here the great controversy playing out. Um, God and Satan, you know, using people for their purposes and, uh, you know, God using Nehemiah to go and rebuild the city and Satan doing a work in the hearts of, of you know, do, spurring jealousy that, oh, no, you shouldn't be able to do this. And I think ultimately, like, yeah, man, we just, we just need to be on God's side. We just need to be following God. We need to be doing, uh, following his plans, doing what he needs us to do and supporting those around us who are trying to follow God as well. This right now is Andy McLeod with Hearts on Fire. You're listening to Faith FM. And his coming's very near Our people's needed with their hearts on fire But what will Jesus do when in his ranks are very few Sin in this world rages deep within. 
program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts, free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Anna Beden and Kemi Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as two of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413-122-348 now to book your seat. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come now to the time of question of the day, and I believe that the quiz has been answered. We do. Joe from Young has successfully answered our quiz. Mm, and I bet he did it before I she. allegedly. She. She did it before I allegedly gave it away. So You allegedly. Psh. Allegedly. Psh. Come on. Where's the replay? So, congratulations. The answer was, of course, a bear. A bear. A bear. A Thank bear. you, Lawson. A bear. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you said Moses and his bear, no, David and his bare hands, and I was like, oh, that's giving it away. No, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. That his was... bare hands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, now we've come to question of the day. What is our question for today? Our question for you for today is... When people have near-death experiences or, like, out-of-body experiences, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we make sense of that if we believe that once people die, they're asleep? They're in the grave waiting mm-hmm. for Jesus' return. So how do we make sense of those kind of supernatural experiences that some people have had? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, the place where my mind immediately goes in, in giving us some biblical context for this is Job chapter 7 and verse 9. Uh, the Bible says, as the cloud... Um, disappears and vanishes away. So he who goes down into the grave does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him anymore. So the Bible says clearly in this in this in this in this passage, uh, it talks about how you know um, the concept of being a ghost and returning to your house is just utterly not true. It says you know once you die you sleep in the grave. Um, of course, there's a whole other Bible study uh, that I, I preached essentially for our Prophetic Code series here in Raymond Terrace. There's a whole other Bible study we could, we could, there's an entire Bible study we can do on that. Um, but in terms of people, you know, having a near-death experience, which leads them to, you know, to travel, because people have had those experiences before and they say, oh, they looked around the operating table, they looked around the room. Um, if you think in, in, in the case of, for example, Heaven's, uh, you know, Heaven is for Real, um, which was a book about a four-year-old kid who who on the operating table um, died, and then didn't, uh, and then when you know he went to heaven as he he like travelled around. Um, the answer that I can give to this, in, in terms of a really sort of naturalist methodolo- methodological way, if I was able to explain this, um, would be simply this: um, there are people who do drugs. And one of those drugs that people do, I have a friend uh, that, that used to do this called DMT. 
And basically what happens when you take DMT, like any any kind of substance is that you take the substance and then that substance causes a chemical reaction in your brain, which is which allows your brain to add more, uh, you know, it sends it into chemical imbalance, which, you know, adds more of chemicals that already exist into your brain. There's an overdosage of them, which then allows you to hallucinate. And with D- in DMT's case in, in particular, um, it had high hallucinative hallucinogenic um, properties and basically, you know, it is the travel drug. It is the like astral travel drug. People take that stuff and they travel around and um, we can see so clearly that, oh yeah, it's it's a hallucination that comes from taking illicit, um, illicit drugs. Now, check this out. When you die... Okay, so especially when you when you go into a death-like state, you're on the operating table and your heart stops and they revive you. Uh, in that time when you have died, your body goes into a full release. Everything releases. Your brain activity keeps going, and that's what gives you them the ability to be able to hit you with a defibrillator, and that you'll you'll wake up. Mm. Your brain, you, you know, your activity in the brain keeps going for uh, they say around five to seven minutes, even higher sometimes after your heart has stopped. So you can imagine this kind of context, right? Your heart stopped on the operating table. Everything in you, all of your muscles, everything inside of you has released. One of those things is that in particular, your brain is still active and all the toxins, all the chemicals in your brain have just released and you've gone into a complete imbalance. Those same Toxins and chemicals that that uh, are released, uh, that uh, are overused as a result of taking a drug like DMT, essentially the same effect happens because all of those com- chemicals they already exist there. It's just the over-releasing of them that le- that allows you to hallucinate. When you go into a death-like state, that's exactly what happens. And so people have these experiences of flying around the room and whatnot, and then they're revived and they're like, "Oh, you know, I saw heaven, I saw God, I mm. traveled, my soul traveled." When the Bible doesn't subscribe to this, and we have a perfectly logical explanation to this. The autumn sun warm with the sand of the river running dry and around the gun and mums lay with dogs under open skies and let the days slip by the measure of a man isn't found in the dollars in his pocket or in where he lives in town what lies deep within past the color of his skin when we look there we begin to understand the measure of Who now reside? The 
Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show. And of course, that means that because we're at the end of our show, um, we're giving something away completely for free. Yes, what are we giving away? Best part. We're giving away a book. And this book is called Patriarchs and Prophets. Oh, I quoted from this book earlier. You did quote from this book, which is why I chose it out of our prize box. Mm. So, yeah, this is the book that you were talking about earlier and you quoted from. It's an excellent book. It is amazing. It Such is a good book. probably... I would I would say the best um, commentary that I've ever read mm. on the period of time between the creation and up to King Saul. Yeah, I would definitely. I would say that like straight up, it is incredible. This is a book you need. Give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three if you want to just get in depth with the Bible. If you want to see really, you know. We are huge advocates for reading your Bible, but if you want some really streamlined, in-depth commentary on those things that are happening and the motivations behind each of these, these you know, uh, biblical... Um and the Old Testament's kind of hard to read sometimes, oh, yeah, so this fully. is an excellent book to read alongside the Old Testament, help you flesh it out a little bit more. Mm. Fantastic If you want to give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Of course, I have to remind everyone, tomorrow we're having what was the farewell show, but is now the... Be Might not be hanging in the balance celebration show. Basically, we we so don't know. To to, we don't know. Essentially, to to find out. we're just super glad that you are going to listen tomorrow to probably one of our best shows ever. We have amazing, amazing guests coming in, like Anna Beaton and Kemi. We Woo! have a, a number of uh, a number of guest hosts coming in. People who have who, who have uh, 
speak, uh, you know, spoke on Faith FM uh, over the last, uh, you know, couple of years, as well as uh, we are, you know, giving away at that point the announcement of the winners of the Alpine Village holiday. So if you want to get in the draw for that, 1-800-324-843, or you can text us 0491064669. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Gemma, so much for coming. Fun show this morning. And um, yeah, may God be with you all and uh, have a good day. Fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe, His craft and power are great. And armed with cruel hate On earth is not his equal Did we in our own strength confide Our striving would be losing We're not the right man on our side The man of God's own choosing Dost ask who that may be Christ Jesus it is He Lord Sabaoth His name From age to age the same And He must win the battle Should threaten to undo us We will not fear for God has willed His truth to triumph through us The prince of darkness grim We tremble not for him His rage we can endure For lo, his doom is sure One little word shall fail him That word above all earthly powers No thanks to them abideth The Spirit and the gifts are ours Through Him who with us sided Let goods and kindred go This mortal life also The body they may kill God's truth abideth still His kingdom is forever